You are listening to the Missouri Audio Project. I'm Yulia Shrakis. Today, a conversation with writer and radio producer Jonathan Goldstein. You know what a smoothie is? Yes, I know what a smoothie yes. is. Very popular, right? Everyone's drinking smoothies, right? To help okay. praise. So what? You want, you, you want to open a smoothie stand? Tut, tut, is that it? Tut, 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 tut. It's a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. But the twist is, it's a hot smoothie. It's not a cold smoothie. It's a hot smoothie. You mean soup. You, you want to market soup. That's Jonathan Goldstein talking to his friend Howard on the radio show Wiretap. On September 3, 2015, Jonathan came to Columbia, Missouri, the home of the Missouri Audio Project. We wanted to hear our guest talk a little bit about starting out and making a career in radio. The conversation with Jonathan took place in Ragtag Cinema. Occasionally throughout this piece, you'll hear laughter or other reactions from those who gathered there to listen. Our interviewer, Andrew Leland, hosts the Believers podcast. It's called The Organist. Here's Andrew introducing Jonathan. Every other week in a national newspaper or magazine, there is some reference to the podcasting revolution or you know, the radio renaissance that's happening. And Jonathan Goldstein is and has been a crucial figure in this moment that radio is enjoying. Jonathan got his first real radio job in the year 2000 at This American Life. He was living in Montreal, Canada, where he grew up. It just seemed really cool. I had never been to Chicago. I was going to get to meet these people at the show. It was later told to me by the senior producer, Julie Snyder, that in the interview, like Ira would say something, and then there would be a long pause, and then I would say something completely non-related, <laughs> and then there would be a long pause, and then he would say some other non-sequitur, and then there would be a long pause. And she said she was sitting there at the table completely mortified, but she said we both seemed like comfortable, and so I think maybe that's the only reason I was hired. At This American Life, Jonathan says he learned that radio was both a didactic medium and one that had to cut through everyday noise and distraction. I will imagine that someone is in a car driving to get pickup with kids in the backseat screaming. It quickly makes you feel less precious about what you're doing and, and more focused on trying to keep people's attention. Keeping people's attention can be harder than it sounds, especially if you want to tell the stories of your oddball buddies as Jonathan often does. What I knew was that I wanted to get my friend Josh on the show. I thought he was really funny, and I thought, well, how can I get him on the show? <laughs> and so I constructed something that I, I've referred to in the past as a Trojan horse to build all those things into that I was most interested in, in like funny little vignettes and certain characters that I like and certain jokes that I want to tell. And the Trojan horse was like the story. I'm not fortunate enough to have a pitchable story up top that I know that I want to tell and then everything else follows. It's kind of backwards in a way. One example of the way this works is a story called The Little Mermaid. Jonathan produced it for This American Life in 2002. And with it, he managed to get his friend Josh on the air. Josh told a funny story about a telephone message forwarded far and wide across a college campus. So in the story, there's this guy Fred, also a student. In this roundabout, rambling way, Josh tells Jonathan that Fred has girl troubles. He has a hard time getting women to go out with him, but somehow he has scored a date to see. 
The Little Mermaid of all movies. Okay. Fred calls his mother to tell her his news. From the message she leaves, Fred's mother seems like a bit of an abrasive woman. For some unexplained reason, Fred forwards the message to his friends. These so-called friends then turn around and blast the voicemail across campus. Here's Josh doing the message. You and the Little Mermaid can go go f*** yourselves. The books you wanted, they're not here. They must be in La Jolla. I'm not going to wait up all night for you. Goodbye. The whole radio piece is constructed around and builds to this moment when Josh performs the message in Fred's mother's voice. You, you begin rooting for the story as though it's this character that you want to succeed. You want to you wanna find out that the, the message actually did take place. And it was like one of those beautiful things where every single person that I spoke to about the message and trying to hunt it down had a story about the message. After two years at This American Life, Jonathan took the style and quirky approach he'd honed there and returned to Montreal, where, for 11 years, he made his own show. He produced Wiretap almost single-handedly, in a tiny studio at the CBC. It almost feels as though Wiretap is a spin-off of this piece. Hmm. It feels as though like the template was set and it, this evolved into like 11 years of conversations with Josh where he would yell at me on on the Canadian Broadcasting Corp and yeah, conversations with other friends. I mean, do you see what you did as journalism there? Because I mean, the, in the piece you're dogged and you're I mean, you're hunting the leads down, you're finding sources, you're reporting it as though you're reporting on on Watergate or Watergate. something, yeah. And yeah, and there's something obviously kind of pathetic about that. In talking about the differences between This American Life and Wiretap, one of the things that I think is notable is the way that Wiretap will play with fiction and nonfiction, where in This American Life, you always know if what you're hearing is a story or if what you're hearing is journalism, and there's never confusion. Yes. Wiretap is not that way. Yeah, it, it blends, the show blends fiction and nonfiction, and... It was something that emerged out of necessity because I, coming from This American Life where there was a budget and a staff to look for stories, I, re, I quickly realized that it's a difficult thing to do uh, for one person to be finding all these stories. So what I found that one person can do was find the beginnings of stories and then make the rest of it up. And so it wasn't like a ph- philosophical thing thing that I was trying to accomplish. Like, I wasn't trying to puncture or question the nature of reality. I knew I was lying, but I just wanted to, like, get material on the air and and meet deadlines. So I would have something that would sound like the beginning of a a good short story, like the setting was there, and then nothing would happen. So I would try improvising things. Jonathan's parents have often appeared on Wiretap. He describes having them record scenes over and over again, until their readings seem convincingly spontaneous. Here's an example of a rehearsed bit that ended up on the show. In it, Jonathan's father is talking about a recent trip to Spain and the unexpected ways the country has changed in the decades since his last visit. I'm not looking for the same things. I'm not looking for the same kind of thrills and entertainment. What? I need you to come up and do it. All right, just a second, I'm coming. All right, John. All right. She got an olive stuck in a bathtub drain. How, how, did, how, did, how did she get an olive stuck in a... Uh, the... You've got to ask her that. 
what happened? So there's a lot more tape that we haven't heard of you, like coaching your mother and, and pitching the idea of an olive stuck in the bath. How long, how much tape is there for that piece? I once played the tape at a radio festival for producers, actually, of like where I'm having my father repeat it over and over. And yeah, there's a, there was a lot. And so we were having that conversation and it was... I didn't really know how to end the conversation and I was feeling as though it was getting a little touchy-feely and then I thought maybe we could sort of cut the treacle a little by just creating some kind of incident. For some reason I thought the idea of someone getting an olive stuck in a bathtub drain was just hilarious. So we did that and that got us off the phone. Wiretap announced its end in August 2015. In a farewell message on the CBC website, Jonathan wrote, The show has run longer than Seinfeld and All in the Family. It's run longer than I or anyone could have ever imagined. It started from a simple desire to share the funny, smart people in my life with all of you. I wanted to create a space where we could hang out together and like-minded people could join us. He also wrote, 11 years is a long time to do something and it felt like time to try something new. So you are making a show for the Gimlet podcast. Yeah. What direction is that going in, or what would be like one thing that's being thrown at the wall? One of the ideas is a show where I go off and help people, and usually probably end up making things worse. And my wife came up with a title for it that I find really funny, which would be Jonathan Goldstein, Medicine Woman. Please join me in thanking Jonathan Goldstein for coming out. Thank you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to a conversation between Jonathan Goldstein and Andrew Leland. To hear more of Wiretap, you can visit the CBC archives or search for it on iTunes. I'm Yulia Shokis. This is the Missouri Audio Project at the University of Missouri. An MAP production based in Columbia, Missouri, supported by KBIA.